And welcome to this week's edition of the North Springs Sessions with DK. It is uh, 11.37 p.m. here on November 21st, Tuesday night. We just wrapped up a basketball game uh, up in Spencer, Van Buren County. So getting a late start, but I want to get one in before Thanksgiving. Got some stuff to talk about. Um, so, yeah, long day. I'll sleep eventually. I don't believe I just don't feel sorry for people who, who rely on naps. I don't get it. Uh, naps are not my thing. I feel like absolute garbage when I wake up from naps. Uh, so yeah, I just I I just maybe maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should get more sleep than I do. But I got up about five this morning and did some stuff and worked and went to a basketball game. And now we're podcasting and you know it never stops. And you can call me a lot of things, but I'm not a deadbeat. <laughs> you know I'm gonna. I'm going to put everything into what I've got here, right here going on, and I know everybody is used to doing a podcast a week. I, like I said, I wanted to get one in for, for, th- for Thanksgiving, may get another one in while I'm off for a few days. But, yeah, just trying to get a little 30, 40-minute podcast in to uh, give you all something to listen to if you got one more day on the job or whatever. Or, so here we are. Um, yeah, I don't trust people who have to have naps. I just – if you're 60, take a nap. If you're 25, it's like, oh, I'm so tired. If you're 17, he come to me and says, oh, I'm so tired. Waylon, I give him the business all the time. He's like, I'm just tired. Which, I mean, hey, uh, you know, I can't knock my kid. Straight-A student, athlete, works on the weekends. Maybe he is tired. But, you know, some people you see, oh, I'm just so tired. I am so tired. I am so tired. What have you been doing playing, you know, Grand Theft Auto for six hours? You know, I don't, I don't know what kids do anymore. They just, I don't know what kids do. Maybe... Maybe I shouldn't shun the new generation if they're not getting getting in trouble like we did, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I just I just don't take people serious that say they're tired when I don't know why you're tired. I mean, you know, I'm tired sometimes. I just don't want to say I'm tired. Uh, people are just lazy. People are lazy. Uh, me and my wife we argue about this, and I'm not going to bring her up too much uh, in this podcast. Because of last week's edition of uh, "Man, Your Wife, Wife Is Loud" edition, but uh, she she loves naps. Like like a lot of females, not trying to profile women here, but uh, women seem to prefer naps more so over men. I would just rather stay busy doing something, or you know, I I don't know. My brain just can't stop long enough for me to take a nap. I don't think, and I feel like garbage, like I said, when I do. But no, like she can be. It can be 1 o'clock in the day. She's like, oh, I can take a nap. Actually, she was madder than hell. We got back from my mother-in-law's or my sister-in-law's, and I went and hunted a little bit, and she was like, these kids are awful. I can't nap. I'm like, it's 5 o'clock. Who the hell naps at 5 o'clock anyway? That's what my th- I mean, I'm like, who naps? Girl, you're two hours from going to bed. What are we napping about? <laughs> you know, I just I don't get naps. I just, I just don't. I just, you know, I don't. Maybe to each his own, but not me. Um, so yeah, did I, did I catch any grief from that? No, she's, my wife's pretty cool as far as that goes. I mean, you know, she, she did text me the next day. She does listen to this podcast apparently, uh, more than she did one lane road at times. And, uh, so she listens, so she knows what I'm saying. God, uh, I was hoping she didn't, but she did listen and, uh, she did critique me on what, uh, I said. And she even commented on the Facebook post and said, let's find somebody to talk about. Somebody else to talk about next week, so I'll, I'll plan to do that this week. Um, but it, it, you know, I was talking to Miss, uh, well, I won't say her name, but a teacher from Jackson County last night after the first ball game, and she's like, "I can't believe you give poor Lindsay such a hard time." And uh, I said, "Well, she's dealt with it this long, you know. You know, I'm just kind of like a, I'm kind of like herpes at this point. You just can't get rid of me, I guess. You know, I don't know." Uh, is that too far? That's probably too far, wouldn't it? It's late. I'm talking crazy. I'm talking crazy. I'm not drinking. Uh, I'm not drinking any beer or Kool Aid jammers. I'll have to tell you in a minute what I've switched to when it gets to that part of the show. But uh, but yeah, no no real hard. Uh, she just said, "Hey, how about you find somebody else to talk about next week?" Uh, so didn't really argue that she's last. She goes, "What well, the dog got away from me?" I know, Lindsay. <laughs> but sometimes we'll just be standing out here in the yard and she'll say something. I was like, <clears throat> "I wonder what Rick and Linda's thinking right now." She's like, you're loud too. I was like, I'm not. I'm mad, and that's probably ugly a little bit. But uh, either you know, either way, um, this this 
I don't know if it's my studio or what. I, Andy may be listening, critiquing this again. I can't get this damn echo out. It drives me crazy. And I've got the monitor up. I've got the mic up. So all I hear, I think it's his head. I don't know what it is, but all I hear is echo, and it really messes with me. It pisses me off. <laughs> um, so my buddy uh, Jace sent me this story this week. And, you know, and I promised I wasn't going to do it, and I don't mean to do it. It, I was going to leave the egg thing alone because it's not Halloween anymore. I said my piece about Solana and everybody getting egged, and my buddy Kerr sent me a text, you know. But now, I would not be doing my due diligence as a podcaster and as a guy who's, who has uh, really hung his hat on the anti-egging in the county over. Well, Jay sent me this article from six days ago from News Talk 94.1, where it says, Salina residents, egg-throwing, getting out of hand around Halloween. You can't make this up. <laughs> you can't make this up. Um, you know, uh, let's see some of the comments. Well, let's, let's read the article first. Uh, and here we go. Written by Logan Langlois. What some consider a Halloween tradition around Salina appears to be getting out of hand with a large group of teenagers and young adults throwing eggs at people. The egging reportedly takes place every year around Halloween, reportedly, supposedly, uh, and tensions have continued to rise between the groups and citizens. One resident told the Salina Board of Aldermen Tuesday night that hundreds of people were standing in parking lots this year claiming to have permission and then throwing eggs. Vice Mayor Justin Rick, I'm not sure that's who that is, Said Slina is working to address the issue before it becomes a matter of physical safety for either party. There were guns pulled, Rick said. There was gentlemen and a lady that got out with a bat and a gun with a, and about a $110,000 truck that got hit. There were several situations there, and there has been every year. Rick said that, all, that uh, people from other counties often join, and he has seen over 200 people himself. Rick said the problem used to happen around the Upper Cumberland, but now seems to be only in Salina. All the surrounding cities used to have some, some sort of it themselves, but they've stepped up and they've got it cut out so far. Rick said that the city often has several people post on particular roads to warn passersby, passersby of the egg throwing. Some people who aren't accustomed to it happening every year, they go through and they have no clue and then they get bombarded with eggs. Because by God, why are they driving down in East Lake, ignorant some bitches? Rick said the city council will continue discussion regarding how to best handle the situation though outside help may be required. Rick said that the harsher legal consequences may also be explored to deter future egg throwing. Why do you have to have outside people to come help? Hey, man, if if people over there look for jobs the way they look for eggs, <laughs> I'm joking, but uh, some comments, and uh, Tanner Harvey, uh, a guy that I really like, uh, so we're going to worry about one night that's going on for years instead of the other problems we have. I guess this town should rather... See kids throwing pills and drawing checks it's in Amsterdam. And, hey, you know, you're not wrong about that. I mean, it's a lot of little town stuff. Well, I'm not going to talk about Tanner. I like, really like Tanner, so I don't want him to get. Uh, you know, it just goes back and on. You know, you know, and there's some people saying that, you know, have had some few, few Halloweens, some fun Halloweens. And, you know, I mean, th there is more to worry about. I agree with Tanner right here and some other people. There, there, are, there is definitely much more in small towns to worry about than eggs and uh look at all the money it brings into the town all the eggs getting bought and all the people collect <laughs> collect from the insurance company for getting eggs and the jail feeds the eggs to the inmates uh and samantha says now tanner you're reaching <laughs> uh I i've not read these comments until just now but uh We had rules. You didn't do anything bad to around 10 while the treaters was gone home. The cops had just as much fun as we did. Older people ride around, see how many times we could get hit in old trucks. I was very disappointed a few years ago. We rode around for a while never got hit. It was kind of sad. You know, I don't – I don't. this this is me being talking outside of both my mouth here and hypocritical, but, you know, if that's true, like they waited till all the people uh, went home, and you know, it's fine. If you got a bunch of dudes that want to get out and hit – people play and hit each other's vehicles and junk vehicles – Good on you, man. Uh, there's, I don't, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you could. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, there's 
there's there's plenty stuff going on. But it's just crazy to me. Uh, you know, the hundred ten thousand dollar truck. That's not cool. I mean, I don't I don't care what your stance on. That's just my personal opinion. If the hundred ten thousand dollar truck, what the hell kind of truck is a hundred ten thousand dollars anyway? Like, what are we what are we driving? Damn. I don't know. Maybe you do need deserve to get hit if you drive a hundred ten thousand dollar truck out on Halloween. I don't know. Maybe they've just changed my stance on this. By reading that article and realizing somebody was in a hundred ten thousand dollar truck, I I just said a eighty thousand dollar Tahoe in, in my example. So, you know, hundred ten thousand dollar truck, maybe you deserve to be hit. But like I said, it it is a tradition, and I give it a hard time on here, and I'm really not all that worried. I mean, it sounds like I am, but it's just kind of a the way they it's a tradition to them. It's almost a tradition to me to bring it up and give it crap. But uh, I'm very anti hitting nice vehicles and. Uh, doing it unsafely where people aren't really ready for it and could cause somebody to wreck. You know, whatever. Maybe I'm just getting old and up tight, but uh, uh, I have kids and stuff. But no, like 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 Tanner said on that post, if if it's a bunch of dudes and they, you know, 18, 19, 20, 20, whatever, whatever age, you still do that over there. Uh, and everybody's in on the gag, and then you know it's not a good vehicle and wear it out. It just it just cracked me up that some people were sending me that. I guess they'd listen to the podcast and. It is crazy that it's reached News Talk 94.1. I don't know if it was a slow day for news or what, but we all got bigger problems, every little town, and it's just a thing that, I mean, it's just small town USA, and you're always going to have those those kind of issues. So uh, anyway, uh, just, just thought that was entertaining that we talked about that, and the next week it popped up on News Talk, and a couple people sent me that article. So anyway, we're uh, all's right with the world, and, in little towns like Salina until next October when hell shall be raised again. And uh, so I said I wasn't drinking beer. I don't think I've had a beer in a few days. And uh, Kool-Aid jammers are, are stocked low out here. So on the way back, I stopped and got a drink. And I think I told this on the old podcast. I don't know that I've talked about it on uh, North Spring Sessions. I'm a little ashamed of it. I wasn't ashamed of it originally. But... Uh, Tell me how big of a sissy I am for drinking Alani News. And so I'm going to tell you this quick, quick story and about Alani's and just uh, my my, um, my journey with Alani's, right? So when I was at the gym, <clears throat> go ahead and laugh now, uh, I was burnt out on monsters and other stuff. and So I seen this can. I was like, Alani, I've never heard of that. So I grabbed it, and I got the cherry slush, and I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Right, so I started drinking the hell out of cherry slush Alani's, and uh, I was at work one day, and a girl said, "Are you drinking an Alani?" I said, "Yeah, pretty good." She went, "Huh?" And then somebody else in the office said, hey, "Is that an Alani?" <clears throat> or more like, "Is that an Alani?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Well, uh, what the hell does that mean? Because it's twice job asked me this. Then their boss said, "What's that can? Kind of looks kind of girly." And I said, it's Alani, and it's really good. It's cherry slush, and it beats the hell out of any other energy drink I've been drinking here lately. What's the problem? So I don't think nothing about it. Then we're going on a work convention, and I had a little bit of a, you know, I found out it's kind of a girly drink. And then uh, the same boss said, hey, Dustin's probably drinking this little Alani's. They're so cute. And I was like, actually, I'm drinking the White Monster right now. Then a friend of mine named Keaton, who's an engineer, handed his can from the back seat and he's like, oh, here's what the can looks like. And she was trying to describe it to somebody else. And they're like, see, Dustin drinks this. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm drinking a white monster like I just said. Are we not going to acknowledge that Keaton just handed you Nalani from the back seat? But yeah, you're questioning my manhood right now? What the hell is this all about? So we go to this work convention, and they tell everybody. And we're in a group with people from all over the state, you know, all over the different states and uh, companies that we run or operate and sister companies with. And they're like, Oh, this is Dusty Kennedy. He drinks Alani's. So it was a whole deal. And I'm drinking the the purple and the blue, and the, like I said, the cherry, and I'm a fan. And uh, But then I was like, then I got burnt out, and I did realize maybe they're girly. And then one day my boss was drinking. I was like, oh, you can't be drinking that. You don't know what the deal is. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, no, everybody's giving me crap for drinking this, and now you're drinking. I'm just trying to help you save face, buddy. And he Googled it. And he goes, well, there's nothing damn girly about this. So he Googled it and he says, an Alani is uh, designed by so-and-so fitness guru uh, to help and inspire women on their fitness journey and weight loss journey. So he chugged it and threw it away. And he's never had one again. And I've not had one lately 
either until I stopped on the way home from Spencer in Cookville and got one. And uh, I told the guy, I said, on a scale of one to ten, how uh, how non-masculine is this drink? He goes, well, I'll be honest with you, buddy. You're the first man I've ever seen drink one. I said, well, you can suck it, Todd. You know, don't don't lie to me, Todd. Tell tell me, guys, construction workers, you know, guys from the phone company, they're in here drinking Alani News all day long. But they're all right. That's getting me through this podcast. I have burned out on them a little bit, but so we uh got to see. Well, actually, I want I want to go ahead and get this in while I'm thinking about it. We have got our first sponsor of the show. That's right. Uh, I've been mentioning to you guys whether we could get some sponsors on the show, and Miss Kristen Widener uh, from Helen's Restaurant has uh, came aboard as the first sponsor of the North Spring Sessions. And you know, I'm a big fan out there. We go out there and eat when we can, and uh, obviously the catfish. I always say I'm going to get something else. I'm going to get chicken. I'm going to get burgers, but I can't because I always got to get their fish. And, uh, you know, they've been good supporters of mine for the festival the last couple of years. If you're not familiar, it's Helen Rest- Helen's Restaurant out on 56. They've been serving Jackson County since 1987 with the same family management from the start. Carol and Kristen can hook you up with any meal for any number of people. They also have their famous Christmas display up from now until January. Go check that out. And, uh, you know, uh, and if you actually, this will air uh, tomorrow on Wednesday, the 22nd. And if you're out and about on Thanksgiving, they're actually going to be open from 10.30 to 2.30. So go out there. If, you, uh, if you're if you not meeting with your family, you don't have anything to do, go out there and give Helen some support. You know, they've been supporting our community for a, a long time. And like I said, Kristen has has sponsored the music festival and some other events of mine. She's a big music lover. And uh, so, yeah, big shout-out to Helen's Restaurant. And they'll actually be at my work on uh, Friday, December 1st. And I can't wait for that. You know, I'm, I'm off about two Fridays in December, and I'm just – feel like I'm very fortunate that that wasn't the, one of the ones I decided to take off on. So, yeah. So, thank you, uh, Helen's Restaurant, for their uh, for their sponsorship of North Spring Sessions podcast. And, uh, also got somebody else on board. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, I think they're wanting to come on board maybe in December. Uh, so, we'll give it a week or two. And you won't be surprised. I'll just say that. At least, uh, at least a bit surprised on who it is. So, you know, it wouldn't be the North Spring Sessions podcast without touching on a little bit of music, and I actually got to meet, uh, mingle, and intertwine a little bit with the uh, two of the biggest legends in this era of country music in the last, you know, 30, 40 years, especially uh, Clint Black a week ago tonight down at the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville, and then uh, Dina Carter, of course, the show we held up in Livingston over the weekend at the uh, Iron Oak Event Center right behind the Steel Coop. And, you know, what sucks for me is, uh, nobody is a bigger fan of their child playing sports than than myself. And you know, Waylon is uh, is a senior this year, so you don't want to miss any basketball games. So when uh, I started negotiating this Dina Carter contract back in the summer, and the people said, "Hey, we're actually going to be in Nashville on a Sunday. Can you make that Saturday work?" And I was like, "Okay, November. That's when we're going to be starting ball then." But we never hardly ever tip off on a Saturday. We have done it, but I don't think we'll do it this year. That's what I thought back in June, July, when we are trying to finalize this deal. So I agree to it. So as the time goes on, me and Lindsay's looking at everything, and we're like, oh, crap. Dina's the same night that we kick off in, or tip off in Cascade uh, with two games. So I was already a little, like, pretty pissed off that I was missing Waylon's, like, you know, as the, as the moms would say, last first game, you know, or whatever. But, uh, yeah. I, I hated to miss my kids' basketball game. But then so my friend Jeremy Tollison texted me one day, and we were talking about going to Clint Black. And we talked about the dates, and I was like, oh, actually, I'm free that day. We have no basketball games. So let's get tickets. Uh, it's Clint Black and Bluebird, my goodness, uh, with, you know, the capacity they have. Well, that weekend it pops up, and our coach says, hey, we were able to Switch some things around. We, we we got a scrimmage. We got a little exhibition game with Friendship Christian coming up. It'll be Tuesday night. I'm like, oh my god! Is that already had tickets? And Lindsay was like, just just go, Dustin. I mean, I know you love this stuff, and obviously you're a great dad. But uh, you know, are you and I know you don't miss the game. I don't know if Lindsay stretched the said you're a great dad. That'd be her saying something nice to me. <laughs> but uh, she knows I don't miss 
many basketball games. And if I don't have to, especially when your kid's a senior, she's like, it's just a scrimmage, just go, y'all have fun, And which was tough for her to say because she loved Clint Black. She said, if you meet him tonight, just let him know that that's, that's who I was going to marry when I was four years old. So, uh, so, yeah, here I am telling you that I just met two legends in the last week and saw great shows but had to miss my kid uh, playing ball. And that's never fun. Um, but getting back to the point at hand, Clint Black, dude, I mean, I've only been to the uh, Bluebird Cafe, and it, it truly is magical. And honestly, I, I'm not like – I was uh, – you know, I didn't know everything about the Bluebird Cafe originally when it – you know, it, it actually was the uh, show Nashville that got me started wanting to watch – you know, when I was watching Nashville. Uh, I don't, I've never binge-watched a lot of shows, but me and, me and Lindsay would actually sit back and watch that show when it came on and – uh, that's actually the first time I've heard about the Bluebird. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I was some historian that knew everything about the Bluebird Cafe. I, I didn't. Uh, so it was really cool when I got to go there. The first time I went was actually May of last year. Uh, Jason Eady actually, you know, asked me. Me and Lindsey was in Lexington watching him. He goes, what are you all doing tomorrow night? I got two passes. Just I'll put you on the guest list. So I got to see Eady's debut. And, you know, Justin Wells was there with him performing along with uh, Ben Danaher. And Wells said, you know, I, I don't know the history on this place as well. He said, I didn't know what it meant uh, until Jason got here. And I saw Jason get somewhat emotional about this. And I seen how much it meant to him. And I realized, hey, this is a pretty big deal. Uh, so I was at that show. And then fast forward earlier this year, me and Lindsay uh, took a trip down to see Lanny Wilson and Rhett Akins. And I like to talk about that show sometime on here. Rhett, Rhett was really good on the mic. and told some stories about some of his hits. Uh, and then this being the third time, and uh, I think Jeremy said it only seats 90 people. So it sold out in 25 seconds. We just happened to get lucky and kept hitting refresh and got two tickets. Um, so, yeah, we had a uh, we had a mandate down to the Bluebird. And just seeing Clint Black from 30 feet away and then getting to shake his hand, talk to him briefly after the show and whatever, and, just give you guys a snippet. Again, I don't know the rules on how long we can play. I'm going to play you longer than what I usually do. This is a live version of Killing Time. And I always, always loved this song. And one day I was on Twitter years ago, and Stone Cold Steve Austin was tweeting and said, hey, guys, I got, I'm at the airport, got some time. Send me some questions. And everybody was asking him wrestling questions. And I said, favorite, favorite beer drinking song? And he said, Killing Time, Clint Black, no doubt about it, which just escalated my opinion of that song if, if Stone Cold thought it was cool. And it was his drinking song. So, uh, so yeah, here is a, a snippet of the other night at uh, Bluebird Cafe, Clint Black, Killing Time. crowd was hot you know clint been having some vocal issues so he you could you could tell it in his voice a little bit but man what a legend in country music uh he's celebrating the 35th anniversary of that album killing time his debut record and he's also uh he's already sold out two nights of the rhyming in february just just seen they added a third show so really really cool and uh not not many things top top the rhyming auditorium for me but being able to be there at the bluebird seeing him right there in that situation really really cool and uh, he told some funny stories, as they always do with the Bluebird. And, uh, you know, one that stood out to me was him talking about his dad not really supporting his dream. And he said, you know, hey, I get it, but you can play guitar, but you need to start working on your songwriting. And then he said, uh, I was working on my songwriting, but my dad 
would find an old song on vinyl and say, hey, you should just re-record this. The young kids won't know that it's a classic, and you could just do it on your own. He said, but I kept trying to write my own uh, heartbreak songs and this and this and that. And he said, you're 22, you're 22 years old. What do you know about writing a country song? And he said, fortunately, he said, you don't, he said, you ain't lived them songs because you're 22. He goes, fortunately for me, my dad didn't know how much living I had done by the time I was 22. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> I, I took that away, and I think a lot of our parents didn't know how much living we had done, you know, so I could relate to that. Uh, and then just a few days later at uh, the Iron and Oak Event Center in, in Livingston, Tennessee, uh, I had the honor and privilege of hosting uh, another country music legend, you know, the biggest name that I've ever hosted for a show, probably, uh, Dina Carter. And let me tell you, when, when people ask me, it's like, how'd that come about? How'd that come about? You know, and because people know my style of music. I mean, I'm a Shooter Jennings, Cody Canada, Chris Knight, Sturgill Simpson, Tyler Childers, Cole Chaney, Them Dirty Roses, Justin Wells, Jason Eady, Cody Jinks. I mean, the, the rougher, the better. Old Outlaws, Beards. Uh, the pure answer is Julie Roberts come here and kicked ass. She came here in 2021 and put on a show that I didn't know she was capable. You know, I didn't know. I'd never seen her live, and Julie just captivated this crowd in North Springs 2021. Did it again at the record release party that I had with the Coopers at the Steel Coop last year, Iron and Oak, I'm sorry. And, you know, basically, Cindy reached out. Cindy, uh has been great to do business with and I'm gonna tell you I can't I can't say enough cool words, nice words about how I've been treated at the two shows that I've uh, hosted there. Uh they went above and beyond. Uh anybody that really is close to me in the circle when it comes to North Springs knows I don't delegate very well. I take a lot of that responsibility, most of the responsibility myself because I know I want it done right. And honestly the two shows that I've had there it's like having a night off. And that's no shit. Uh, they just, they have been, I'm talking, have the room set up when I get there. Have the sound right. Have the green room set up. I mean, it's just, they've spoiled me, they've spoiled me each time, and, you know. And, and I've had good partnerships everywhere, you know. I mean, that's, it's not to diminish anybody. I've, I mean, the Hunt family treat me fantastic when I do stuff with Royal River uh, uh, Distillery. Uh, but this is just, this is a name that, like, uh, you know, when we talked about it, well, who could, who do you want that, you're not going to go get individually for one of your shows, or maybe you can't do this with to do that with. And I just said, you know who I think would be a hit? Freaking Dana Carter. I think the demand for her, and we sold that thing out. I mean, I'm talking, we sold it out within two weeks at 300 tickets. And I'm going to tell you something. If we, if, if the venue would have, if we could have knocked a wall out, put 200 more people in there, that they would have sold. That would have sold. There were still people wanting to go to that show. Um, and for good reason. I mean, you know, Dana... Strawberry wine is one of the biggest absolute hits of all time. And, you know, we partied with her. And I have a picture. It's a blurry from a jazz $3 Walmart camera. But it was uh, after the CMT Awards in 2005. Um, the only pictures I have that night are with Dina and Shooter Jennings. First time I ever saw Shooter Live. Uh, Joe Nichols was there. Dirks Bentley. Catherine Bach. The original Daisy Duke. Uh, it was just a wild night there at Legends Corner. What a... What a what a night. <laughs> what a night. Oh, my gosh. 2005. What a year. <laughs> I, I, I heard. And, uh, yeah. But Dina was Dina was cool, and was we was able to get her. It was a her, – her management team was very easy to deal with. The, long, I mean, the contract was easy. The management was easy. Her tour manager was cool. Uh, but, anyway, just before I get into the concert, I want to th say one more big thank you uh, – to the Coopers, to Don, Brandy, uh, the whole staff, the kitchen. Man, I mean, just top notch from from uh, every asset or aspect there um, last Saturday night. And it was so it was just so smooth. Like I said, I, I got there right about uh, 2.30ish, uh, right when Soundcheck was starting with uh, with Caleb and Leanne. Dina got there a little after 3. Her team did. She didn't get out. Her husband, who plays guitar for her, and her tour manager, Cowboy, came in. They, they set their thing up. A few minutes later, Dina came in. I will, I will never forget this. 
that she walks up to Cherokee Upton from Salina, Cherokee, you know, 19, 20 years old, wherever she is. And uh, she had been on the show. And what, what's funny about Cherokee is I texted her a few months ago and I said, hey, girl, what you doing uh, November 18th? You free for an opening slot? And she says, uh, well, how much is the pay and what's the time slot? I said, well, we'll work on all that. But this, this I just need you to agree. I want to get you, you know, I've not had you on a show in a while. I want to get some local talent up there. I think I think you, uh, this will be great exposure for you. She goes, well, again, you know, I, you know, I'm booking some stuff out. And I've been pretty busy. I just want to make sure that, you know, here's what I'm getting if I play X amount of time. I said, oh, look, I'll pay you, and I'll make sure it's worth your while. I said, but this is a really cool opportunity, and I need you and just kind of agree to it with that because I can't tell you who it is because we're not going to announce it for a couple more weeks. And she just said, well, what what do you think the pay? I said, are you are you superstarring me right now, Cherokee? Come on, girl, just agree. Just agree to be on this show. And she's like, ha-ha, you know, whatever. So I finally pick up the phone. And she goes, hello. And I said, it's damn Dina Carter. It's Dina Carter, Cherokee. Is that good enough for you, girl? And we started laughing. She goes, oh, my God, that's a – that's a that's great. And she goes, of course I want to offer. And I was like, okay, are you sure? The time slot, the money, you know. So I was giving her a hard time, but I think Cherokee's very talented. And uh and I'm a big fan of Caleb and Leanne. They're just awesome people. They're talented. Uh also Caleb and Andrew that plays with them. Uh I never had really talked that much to the whole group until that day. And man, I had a just a blast talking to him out in the parking lot after sound check. But uh well, what what I was getting at with Dina and, and you know Cherokee got off the stage for sound check, and Dina walks straight over to her, right? Uh, and, and Cherokee's starstruck, obviously, because Dina walks up to her, shakes her hand, "Hey, I'm Dina." She didn't have to do that. You know how many other people that are divas that would walk right past Cherokee and not even give her the time of day? Really cool of Dina Carter to do that. So she disappears, goes back out to the van. They're wanting to. We we've already settled up on hotels and stuff like that. Well, they wanted the Airbnb for a sleep in, so she gets. We get Airbnb a little while, and she she crashes out, and uh, it's the most it's the it's the least interaction I've ever had with anybody I've worked with. Uh, right before she goes on, and I was going to try to you know obviously introduce her to some people, some family and friends after the show. So I just happened to ask her husband. I said, "Hey, is, is she coming back in?" I said, "You know, I, I can get a quick picture with her because I don't I, said, I don't want to bother her after the show, um, personally." And I was going to try to get you know, other others to you know introduce her to her, but. Um, he goes, yeah, come on up here in the green room and bring you. And I said, well, the owners obviously need to meet her. And I said, they're the one that put, you know, put this on essentially. And that's one thing I, I, I'm not trying to take too much credit for this show because essentially it was the Coopers. It was the Coopers and their staff. I might have promoted it, but without them it doesn't happen, you know, plain and simple. So about five of us get up there in the green room and, and hang out and with, uh, with Dina. Just for a few minutes she was, listen, we didn't have a conversation. I mean, I'm telling you, but she was a sweetheart and beautiful woman. I mean, good Lord, she's beautiful, you know, 60 years old, just still beautiful. Uh, husband, nice guy. And she got on stage, man, and she just was so damn personable. And, of course, it was 90% women. If you were a single straight man and you didn't have a ticket to this thing, boy, you dropped a ball, son. I'm just telling you, you dropped the ball. If you were a single straight man, uh, you should have been there. Uh but yeah, just just the stories she was telling. I thought I thought one thing I got tickled at is uh, she she was giving a round of applause for her husband. She goes, "It takes a really strong man to sit up on here on this stage and tour the country with me and play guitar while I sing song about sing songs about my exes," <laughs> which I thought was a cool line. And then of course, what we all waited for. I mean, she played. Did I shave my legs for this? And we danced anyway. And I watched as so many women in the crowd were mesmerized, just hanging on her every word. And uh, she wrote You and Tequila. She sang that, the song that she had written. Uh, the Kenny Chesney performed, of course, took to the top. And then everybody, of course, was waiting for Strawberry Wine. And uh, I'd like to play you guys just a, just a snippet of this as well, probably a couple snippets, and just to show you how damn great this crowd was. If you were in this crowd, give yourself a round of applause. Have a shot on me. Uh, just listen to the playback here on the singing. Y'all sounded damn beautiful. Angelic. Music in the college My grandpa's gone 
Sing it, girls. Damn, y'all sound good. Listen to this crowd applause right here. when you know you are over. Beautiful smile. Good Lord. Beautiful woman. I'm not even a blonde guy. I think damn Dina Carter is beautiful. I mean, my goodness, you're talking about, I'm going to play the rest of it here in just a minute, just because the crowd was so good. I was just so proud of that crowd. There was some talkers. There was some, hey, shut the hell up. Hey, be respectful. But you're going to have that. You know, they were selling the hell, because the marketing geniuses up there at the Iron and Oak, they were selling the hell out of them strawberry wines. Uh, now, your boy was acting all right. Now, I was by myself. Lindsay was at the ball game, so I was, I was, uh, Handling it myself in public, you know, I was uh, making, making sure old Silverado could make it home, so I didn't really partake a whole lot that night. But uh, a lot of folks did, and them strawberry wines, and a little some bitches got rowdy. But uh, yeah, I thought everybody sounded really good. And uh, let, let's uh, one more time, let's go to the phone here. Go to the phone. Let's go to uh, the clip her of her finishing up strawberry wine. place was absolutely electrified with that performance of strawberry wine and uh i don't care who you are man woman 
what you consider yourself. Strawberry Wine's one of the best damn country music songs. Not just one of the best female songs ever, but one of the best damn country music songs ever. And I can't thank Dina Carter and her team enough for that sold-out show. Uh, really cool. Really cool stuff. And uh, uh, I'll remember that one, even though I had little contact with her and it was not out of. It was a little bit out of the wheelhouse for uh, normal shows. I'll be back to having them outlaws back in here December 21st when I celebrate my 40th birthday at the Bull and Thistle with two of my favorites, Jason Eady and Addison Johnson. Dining room tickets still available for ten dollars. Yeah, you won't be able to see the show. Had a person call in and say, "I'm a little concerned. I bought bar seats. I've bought bar seats." And I'm afraid people from the dining room are going to come over and stand in front of you. You're not. They're not. Hell, we're going to be drinking. Stone Cold stun them. Put them back in the dining room. I don't give a damn what you do with them. Make sure those people don't stand in front of you. They're not going to stand. They're not going to talk. If you have bar seats, you're fine. You're going to be sitting at your bar seat. Nobody's going to be standing over the top of you. Um, there's plenty of dining room options. and you know, uh, Don't worry about that. Uh, sometimes people complain about stuff they don't have to complain about. Nobody's going to be standing in front of you if you're in the bar area. The dining room people, if they get done eating, if they want to come to stand in the back of the bar, not standing in front of tables, hey, man, that's fine. I'm looking forward to it. This is uh, really went kind of pretty hard on this music thing this year, and I uh, appreciate each and every one of y'all that's made it a hell of a year. We had three singer-songwriter acoustic song swaps at the distillery. In six weeks, from January through March, we had uh, Ryan Addison, that's Damn Country Music, at Timeless Event Center. Uh, let's see, we had uh, a house party with Justin Wells and Sydney Adams at the festival. And, and of course, Dina and wrapping up with, uh, with Jason and Addison. It's really cool. Hell of a, hell of a 2023 for old, uh, whatever you call it. Dusty Kennedy Entertainment, for lack of better terms. What about my Titans? They have fell now to one and three uh, with Will Levis as a starter. Here's why I hate. Here's why I hate some Titans fans. Right? Um, Will Levis comes out. Nobody's expecting him. There's no. There's no game tape of him. He goes out there and throws those four touchdowns in uh, his first week. And hell, we're we're ready to proclaim him. He's he's next. Steve Young, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning. He's everything wrapped into one. Next year, next week, we're like, oh, you know, well, he didn't play good, but he played a tough defense, right? And then it just keeps on trickling down. Now you get these callers on 104.5, and they'll say, well, Levis ain't it. I mean, Levis, obviously, Will Levis is not it. He ain't the answer. Uh, you know, well, how can you tell behind that drizzling of terrible offensive line of the Tennessee Titans? How can you tell anything when the man's got one second to throw the damn ball? I mean, these people, I'm not a very smart person when it comes to football. I can talk basketball with you a little bit because I've watched the NBA my entire life. I'm not a, just a very smart person when it comes to football. But I know that those five offensive linemen can make or break a quarterback. I mean, they've broke many a quarterbacks in the Titans system for sure in the last 15 years. Um then, then you know, then one guy called in the zone and said, "Well, it's obvious what we got to do. We got to sit Levis, bring Tanny Hill back, old Tanny Hill, bring Tanny Hill back in, and that'll solve all of our problems. Because obviously, it wasn't Tanny Hill that was the problem. What are you doing? What are you accomplishing bringing Ryan Tannehill back to a team that's three and six? You know, get his thirty-five million dollar caps cap hit off." You know, Henry, I don't know. I, you know, I could see them bringing Henry back for one year, but more than likely he's gone. Let, Liv let, let, let Will Levis play quarterback for the rest of the season and hope like hell that offensive line doesn't get, the, get him killed. Um, it, it's just it's, you know, so frustrating. And people are calling for Mike Grable's head and wanting him fired like we talked about last time. And, and I'll say it again. I'm repetitive, a broken record here, but – let him coach one more year. The Titans are going to have the most cap space in free agency. You can go buy a receiver. You can buy an offensive lineman. Then you just got to draft. You got to be smart with your draft picks and draft an offensive lineman. Draft a wide receiver. Draft some cornerbacks, for the love of God. You're getting burned up there every week, too. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, 
it, it's just it's not pretty right now. But Levis can throw has shown he can do a few things. But these these people calling in that was ready to put him in the Hall of Fame last month. Now they're just they're ready to give up on him because I guess we're not smart enough to realize that you have to have an offensive line to help you out before you can uh, do anything in this league. What brings me to the Titans this week is not necessarily to give my breakdown of what's coming up. Now, if they lose to the Panthers, I don't know what I'll do. I may just become a Tennessee Vols fan and t tell everybody that we won a national championship 25 years ago, and then it feels like 98 every time they win a game. Oof, which one's worse? Ugh, which one's worse? I'm not a Tennessee fan, uh, like hardcore Tennessee Vols fan, because I've always been based more to NFL. But I'm never going to root for, like, Alabama, Georgia, or Florida, or any of that weird stuff that people do. Uh, I'm a Vols default fan, but, like, <laughs> like I said, like I've said about the worst Titans fans. Oh, man, we lost the Super Bowl. We lost the Super Bowl by a yard. No, no. Uh, we lost 23 to, to 16, you know. We still had to get in the end zone, and the boy had to kick an extra field goal. Extra point to uh, get us there, you know. Uh, you know, so Vols fans will always tell you that's man. It feels like '98, does it? Sounds like a hell of a catchphrase to me. And I want the Vols to be good. I mean, you know, some franchise, some some things are better when people are relevant. But the Vols, just like the Titans, are not very relevant right now. But the reason I brought up the Titans this week is because my old buddy James Hatcher, one of my top ten best friends of my entire life, one of the most dependable. Great friends I've ever had. I love the Hatcher family. always have. Um, he, he brought this to my attention at the first of the season because this was right when I was starting the podcast up, and he said, hey, DK, I got a little wager for you if you want to do it. He says, how about Titans versus Packers? He's a hardcore Packers fan, right? And uh, he said, whoever ends the season with a better record, the other person has to shave their head. And I said, well, I think we're, neither one of us is going to be really great. I said, but I don't – at least I know what I've got with Tannehill and Henry and Jeff Simmons and some of those guys. I said, I don't know that you know what you have with Jordan Love yet, so I wouldn't get too cocky. He goes, well, I'm not too cocky, but I think he can lead a team. He's like, let's just make it easy. I just feel like it would be good uh, podcast fodder for you. So I asked you, the loyal dozens and dozens of fan base of the North Springs Sessions, should we still make the bets? Should me and Hatcher make this bet? Titans are three and six, dead ass last in one of the sorriest divisions in football, the AFC South. Packers coming in at four and seven. They're third in the NFC North. I mean, I think we're still close enough in record that we could make this bet and be fair. No, I'm not. I could. I would be a hideous looking bald person. There is no doubt on God's green earth that I need to keep this hair on my head as long as I can. Uh, I would say the James would be very comparable. Here's my problem with doing this with James. We have a history about this Titans-Packers rivalry, right? Uh, I give James a hard time about the Packers. He's always giving me a hard time about the Titans. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story now that is six years old and one of the funniest stories that I love telling about James. Now, James is always very competitive, super on edge, and uh, hadn't always taken the joke the right way. Um, but me and him did a, we 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 did this and it kind of went on for a while and uh, maybe went a little too far as sometimes I tend to get. So basically, before the 2017 season, John Robinson had just drafted his first class there, and um, that was the draft class that included Jack Conklin, Derek Henry, Kevin Byard, Johnny Smith, or not Johnny Smith. Um, I can't remember Conklin, Henry, and Byard for sure. And then uh, we we had you know Mariota was still looked relevant. We had traded for Demarco Murray, so we're sitting in my house one day, and, and he says, "BK, I just don't know how you do it, man. I, I don't know how you cheer for the Titans. They're just so mediocre. They're never exciting. They're, they've been bad for a long time." I said, "No, they've been the drizzling shits for a couple years. I I, I can admit to that. I, I can roll with that." I was like, "We got this new GM. I, I, he's from Tennessee." He's done some good things. I, I, dude, I really believe we're going to win seven games this year, at least seven games. He goes, I don't think you'll win four games. As a matter of fact, I'll bet you you won't win four games. And he's like, I don't even understand how you get to be a Titans fan. I was like, because I'm from here, James. I'm from here. I, you know, that's why. The Titans came here, and I started watching football uh, later on. Like I've told you guys, it wasn't initially – 
because uh, I had such a hard on for Shaq. I was straight NBA. I was straight NBA and such, and then straight girl, you know, or whatever. And uh, so I didn't love the Titans. Uh, essentially, I was like, but it ain't like you, James, who didn't watch football and like just what are you thumbing through uh, NFL uh, team books one day? And be like, oh, this this team's pretty glorious. Like one of the most historical franchises in NFL history. I think I'll love me some Green Bay Packers. You know, one of the ones that just we're fortunate enough to go from Brett Favre to uh, Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, also a team that I call the preseason champs because every year, no matter what happened in the NFL, the Packers were on everybody's you know best bet to win the Super Bowl list, right? But they never actually done anything. They got one Super Bowl with Favre, one with Rodgers, but you know, which is two more than the Titans, and I understand that. But, I mean, every year they were the cream of the crop, going to beat somebody's ass. And so, uh, anyway. So, I told Jameis, I'll take that bet. They're going to win four games, for sure. I think they're going to win seven. Um, and I, I don't remember last week's score of any I – don't, I don't remember scores of games in particular. But if you Google me, if you fact check me on this, I think the score when Green Bay came to Nashville – they were calling up everything. Matt LaFleur was calling up all the trick plays. Tennessee beats – I say Matt LaFleur. I don't know who the offensive – who was the offensive coordinator in 2017? I don't even know. Um, Tennessee beat Green Bay 47-21. to 21. Best of my memory. That's the score that's popping up in my head. And uh, so I text James. I was like, not only did the Titans win four games, they won their fourth game against the preseason Green Bay Packers. Okay. Fun little fodder between me and James. The next week we lose to whoever. At Colts, I think. James, you know, texts, well, Titans are back to reality. Okay, 1-1. One, one. We're straight. We're good. We're friends. We've been friends since the 80s. 1989. Showing our age here. All right. Well, then, just a couple, you know, a little while longer. You know, we're, we're giving each other jabs, but we're constantly tied. Then on Christmas Eve that year, Mariota goes down, breaks his tibula, fibula, whichever ibula. And uh, James gets on Facebook and types, oh, man, poor Dustin Kennedy uh, lost his quarterback on New Year's Eve. Uh, excuse me? Uh, that's messed up, man. I mean, I mean, come on, James. We're friends here. You know, it's, it's, it's okay to make fun when it's uh, like you lose a game, but when you lose your quarterback with a broken freaking leg when it looks like you're going to make the playoffs, I got a little offended. But I held it to myself. I thought, all right, James, you're up one, and I can't be outdone. So I waited, and I waited, and I said, when can I ever get, a, get him back up about the Packers? Ah, yes, the playoffs, where they fell miserably every year. So the Packers, once again, underachieved in the playoffs, and I sent two memes to Facebook. I said, prayers going up for my buddy James Hatcher. And it was a squirrel, and it said, Packers were this close with the hands way apart. And the second one was the most uh, interested man of the world. And I said, I don't all, Packers don't always lose games, but when they do, it's the playoffs. Now, I thought that's funny. I thought that's clever. I've been sitting on that for a while, creating my own meme of that. And uh, so a couple weeks go by, and I ain't heard from James. I thought, well, that's, that's weird because we stayed in pretty well contact. <clears throat> well, I text Mackie one day, and he said, uh, I'm with Hatcher. And I was like, I said, is he mad at me? Like, legit? He goes, dude, he, yeah, he's pissed. He's like, you're, he's pissed because you made fun of the Packers losing in the playoffs uh, on Facebook. I said, he made fun of my quarterback getting his leg broke on Christmas freaking Eve. I said, what? What? <laughs> We've been friends since 1989. Is he really mad about this? So I'd had enough. I was like, I am not. I refuse for one of my best friends in my entire adult life, especially in my adult life, um, to be mad at me over football, over the damn Titans and Packers. So I was I was getting ready to go eat lunch one day. I was in Cookville, and I texted him, and I said, uh, <laughs> you up? No. I said, sushi, question mark, <laughs> to which James Hatcher, and you only have to know James Hatcher knows reply, to which he said, fuck you. I said, well, maybe later. You want to get some sushi first, bud? 
he was still mad. He would not talk to me. He would not talk to me. My One of my best friends since 1989 did not talk to me for three months over me making fun of the Packers for doing what they do every year, underachieve, underperform in the playoffs. So I don't know about this head shave in Titans 3-6, and six, Packers 4-7. and seven. I don't want to take that bet because me and James are pretty damn good friends. And both of us are ugly. Ugly enough without uh, being bald. So, yeah, chime in if you want me and Hatcher to take that bet for the remaining part of the season. Love to know your uh, opinions on that. <laughs> Love that story. Love telling it. And uh, to wrap it up, it's late. It's late here. It's uh, very late. Again, uh, not going to get a lot of sleep, but don't sleep a lot. It's just uh, a part of what I do. <laughs> um, just uh, got a lot going on, and uh, this year we got we just got a lot going on before the end of the year. But take time this weekend, and uh, may sound corny, may sound cliche, but Thanksgiving in a couple days, and just enjoy time with family. You know, we never know what how much time we've got out left on this earth, and you never know what's going to happen from day to day, and. Even those family members you don't like, try to try to enjoy them this Thursday and there's Saturday or hell we've already had two Thanksgivings. Uh so we got one more and I don't know. I get to see my sister. I may not recognize her. She got that filter on Facebook. Here I am now. Damn it. Here I've said I wasn't gonna say nothing bad. I've told my sister I said, Vivian, you're 48 years old. Let your wrinkles be your wrinkles and that real face be your real face. I said, because if you put that on Facebook, I've told you all this story on here. And I did my sister dirty just a few weeks ago. I did it. I don't know if I told you this. I've got to start writing down what I, what I always talk about. But the, she's got that cartoon filter. And I said, the next time you do it, I'm going to put it on there. And I did. And I feel bad about it. But I said, we've never looked like each other, Vivian. But boom, right filter. <laughs> and so... I hope to recognize my sister when she comes home for Thanksgiving. I love her. And uh, all seriousness, I don't know. If you're thankful for something, put it on Facebook because all actuality, if you don't put it on Facebook that you're thankful for something in November, then I don't really believe you're ever that thankful. I'm thankful for a lot of things. And it goes without saying, friends, family, a good job, and a uh, love podcast doing this thing for y'all. And uh, I don't know. Just thankful we've we've had a really good year. This is a this has been a record year for a lot of lot of uh, parts of my life, and uh, I'm glad to have this podcast. That you know, missed the one lane road, missed Lucas Hickman, but uh, when time when time is a thing, I mean, like we're right here, well after midnight, recording on a on a Tuesday when I just couldn't sleep, hopped up from the basketball game, and. Um, I don't know, man. I just think that uh, I think we all got a lot to to be appreciative of, and you know, maybe I should have Clint Fraley, the wordsmith that he is on Facebook, tell us what all we all should be uh, thankful for. But um, a lot of times we we we're on our, we're on our own worst enemies, myself included. I live in my head so much and uh, worry about stuff that I can't control, stuff that. Years removed, things I've done, things other people's done, and you know the the biggest advice that I wish I could take for myself is if you can't control it, don't let it control you. And uh, I do that. And I think Jelly Roll had a hell of a quote, and you can you can you can think of whatever you want to about Jelly Roll and country music, but but uh, you know I think he had a hell of a quote the other night from the from the CMT Awards, and I can't get to it. Uh, damn mouse. Jeez. And I think that's one good way to end this uh, episode of the North Spring Sessions podcast is to kind of highlight that because, like I said, I, uh, I worry about stuff that I shouldn't worry about. And we're really damn blessed to live this life and uh, – I've I've got a really good good system of uh of a family. I've got some damn good friends I can depend on. I've got a beautiful wife and beautiful kids and I think we worry ourselves to death about stuff we can't control and we uh 
we're very blessed to live the lives we live and it put it in perspective that they hear hearing Jelly Roll and the struggles and the life that he's lived and the str- you know being 39 years old and win that award and I'm rambling and I'm sorry and it's late but uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to North Spring Sessions podcast I want to thank Helen's for being my sponsor I want to thank everybody in general and uh, you know we got a uh, one month till Christmas we all bitch we all complain we all have spent time with our family. This is a hectic time of the year where money becomes an issue. Just a lot of things going on, but we need to remember that hey, we get we we we're, we should be happy we get to spend this time with our family and everything else. And uh, the outlook in life is you can uh, you can be negative and you can find the the negativity th- negative things in life. I want to end with Jelly Rose quote, uh, such an inspirational quote in the, the CMT Awards the other night. But most importantly, there is something poetic about a 39-year-old man winning New Artist of the Year. I don't know where you're at in your life or what you're going through, but I want to tell you to keep going, baby. I want to tell you success is on the other side of it. I want to tell you it's going to be okay. I want to tell you that the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror for a reason. Because what's in front of you is so much more important than what's behind you. Let's party, Nashville!